Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed. Ed Salzadel is our producer and all our directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today again, we have Dr. Robert Carter with Creation Ministries International. He has a PhD in marine biology. And as we talked about in the last program, he has done extensive research into human genetics. We talked last program about the fascinations of what we used to be called the Eve syndrome or mitochondrial DNA that shows we all came from one woman and Y chromosome DNA shows that we all came from one man. And this is all important. Dr. Carter, why? This is important because it's on how true the Bible is and how much we can trust it. If there's no evidence genetically in of the Bible, then we got some big things we would need to explain. But if the Bible actually can be validated with science, then we can have more confidence in the words of the Bible, therefore the claims of the Bible, therefore the claims of Christianity, uh, the life and words of Jesus Christ, and all sorts of things like that. Now, of course, you're preaching to the choir with that with us, but one of the challenges we have, and I know that you have as well, is when I try to go into different, even Christian schools and churches, I am told, well, you know, you're really just a little too controversial for us. We're just going to preach Jesus, and that's all we're going to do. What's the positive and limitations of that attitude? Well, there are reasons for this. Some of it's because some churches don't want to cause problems and they don't want to risk losing members. Some of it's because lots of people are confused and it takes a long time to work through these issues. But if Jesus preached Genesis, so should we. That is a hard Jesus. line, yes. Jesus preached a lot of Genesis very often referring to creation themes and aspects the New Testament authors, Paul and the others constantly. It's just like um, if, if you're having a hard time talking to someone because you have two totally different worldviews, the worldview of the biblical writers was creationist very clearly. They believed in the history of the Bible and they believed that the earth was only a few thousand years old and that it was made by God. Y'all made that point very well during your academy video curriculum, which you were a part of. We worked for two years producing that. A lot of work. I'm very pleased with how it came out. You not only should be pleased, you should be very proud of it. We've utilized it in churches here in the San Antonio area and even taught it with the homeschool groups here in San Antonio. There is an impact there, and you should be proud to have been part of that. Now, belief in the Bible is literal, real history. That's what we're talking about. Does that help or hurt spreading the gospel? Well, it depends. I mean, if you think the fact that people are struggling with pornography, hatred, theft, greed, I mean, there's a lot of things that people are wrestling with that needs to be accounted for and dealt with and repented of. And Jesus comes into a person's life, and it changes a person. Usually, the person that doesn't have to repent of believing in evolution, that's a secondary issue. However, a lot of times, a belief in evolution is the primary reason people are rejecting the claims of the Bible. It depends on, it depends on the situation. It depends on the person. Yeah, I know one evangelist who claims that, that that's the number one problem he meets with young people, is that evolution, as far as they're concerned, the Bible has been proved to be passe and and inaccurate, and therefore they're not going to even listen to what you have to say on Jesus. Yeah, yeah, so it, it all depends on the situation. Creation is a secondary issue in one sense, but on the other sense, evolution is underpinning so much so much belief that's preventing people from accepting the claims of the Bible. 
one docent who I spoke to at a uh, creation museum in Missouri put it this way. She said, just like Paul, when he was talking to the people on Mars Hill, the Gentiles on Mars Hill, they did not have the background in Old Testament scripture that he had, that he could talk to and reason with when he was dealing with Jews. Likewise, we today are talking to whole masses of people who have no background in the Bible at all, who have no background in our worldview. And so, you can't tell people to repent. You can't tell them you're a sinner because these words make no sense. They have no definition. They have no impact on their life. And yet, we can tell them, hey, you were created by God for a purpose. You are made in the image of God. The reason we're different than animals is because we have a spiritual side to us of the creation aspect. But if you don't believe in the Bible or don't believe in Genesis, then we have no agreement about creation, the origin of sin, our sin nature. All of these are answered if you believe the Bible is real history, but they can't be explained without that. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Ed Salzadella. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. It's a point I have to cover in seminars all the time because I have found a fascinating thing that there are basically three types of people that respond when I go do a creation seminar of some type. One, of course, there's the pure skeptics. Although in church settings, you get relatively few of those, truthfully. Then there are people who, like my wife, and God has a sense of humor because he gave me a a good Christian woman and she simply believes because the Bible said it and don't mess with me with all this scientific junk. And so those people look at me and say, okay, what are you even doing this for? But you're doing it for the third class of people. And it's the class of people who've heard so much in society about the Bible being disproved and passe that you've got to get past that before they'll even start listening to you about what the Bible says. Yes, and that's the type of person that I want to talk to the most. The type of person I would have been had God not grabbed me early. The type of person I was rapidly becoming before God grabbed me at the age of 20. Praise be for that. In our pre-production discussion, you and Terry were having a discussion about Aunt Ed about uh, migrations across Europe and possibly the light pigmentation coming from Asia somewhere. Give people a background. This really can be done to trace lineages as they move through history and across the planet. Yes, we can. So there's a challenge that we have a thing in the Bible called the Table of Nations mm-hmm. in Genesis. It's a description after the flood of all the sons, grandsons, great-grandsons of Noah as they migrate across the world. And now we have this field called ancient DNA where we can pull DNA out of graves that people have been there for thousands of years. And we can say, oh, this person has the DNA of these people over here, but not these people over here. We can make a giant historical inference. But the question is, does ancient DNA match what the Bible claims? That's a great question. And yet, before we even get into it, we just have to say, there's been 4,000 years of history since the Tower of Babel. People have moved a lot. So just because we look at people today, and that doesn't match where the Bible says people came from, that's irrelevant because we've had 4,000 years of wars and migrations and invasions and you know, people going on long trading expeditions and family groups moving and people, different populations merging together. And anytime you have two people living next to each other, it doesn't matter how genetically distinct they are, they will merge over time because of human nature. And so we look at the fossil record and it's fascinating. It's absolutely amazing. The people in Europe today genetically are not the same as the people that used to. There was a massive, several massive waves of migration. One of them came from the south, up from Turkey, and we can watch 
in the archaeological record are moving into Europe and they're displacing the people that were there first. But the farmers are the ones with the white skin. At least as far as the DNA goes, the, the genes we see that cause people to have white skin today, we see them on the bones. They say, oh, the original Europeans weren't white. And then later on, another wave of people from the east, north of the Caspian Sea, that probably the, what's called the young player culture, which gave rise to the European languages. They had this massive wave of migration into Europe and down south into India and into Iraq and Iran. They had a huge influence on modern genetics, but they're not, you know, quote, European if they come from Asia. Hearing you talk about all this, how consistent is what you see in that type of dispersion and travel date of DNA with the Genesis 10? What did you refer to it? The Table of Nations. The Table of Nations is perfectly consistent because the Table of Nations is not a predictor of modern genetics. If the Table of Nations was written as people are spreading out, then it's a description of a situation that existed 4,000 years ago. If it was written just a few hundred years later, maybe in the time of Moses, then all of this thing happened between men and Moses. And lots more makes it happen after the fact. You can use Israelite DNA, modern Jewish DNA, as a great analogy for that. There is no Jewish DNA. It doesn't exist. Hmm, fascinating. There's Middle Eastern DNA, but Middle Eastern people are a mixture of Europeans, Asians, and Africans. Very fascinating no stuff. Cutoff. You can't say, I can identify a person based on a DNA. You can't do that. You can say, this person has a complex mixture of historical influence. One thing, this is a total side issue to what we're talking about, but I'll ask you about it. One thing people ask me about as well, the rage today is to get a reading of your own DNA to see where you came from and that type of stuff. One of, you've had it done? One of the things I caution people about is that many of the tests that are out there today are not that accurate. Yeah, yeah, yes and no. The tests, the machines are extremely, but the interpretation that fallible people trying uh-huh. to sell tests <laughs> the stories that they tell are not necessarily accurate. But when I had my DNA tested, they didn't just tell me I'm from Germany. They told me I'm from Copper. Ah. They didn't just tell me that I'm from Ireland. They told me I'm from Donegal in Northwest Ireland. I'm not just from England. I'm from Newcastle upon Tyne in Northeast England. And that's exactly where my ancestors came from. So you have verification of that, and you will say that these tests can be accurate, but at times they're not handled well. The machines are incredibly accurate, but the stories that people tell about the migrations of hundreds of thousands of years ago out of Africa and things like that, it's just storytelling. We need to close. Dr. Carter, I hear that you will be, that CMI as a group is getting back out there after the pandemic. This year, I read on the website that in August, you'll be in Rochester, New York. And then by November, you'll be all the way down in Daytona Beach, Florida. We thank you for your ministry. You're welcome. And we will be happy to have you back. And I will remind people that for any information on Creation Ministries International, go to creation.com. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is 
is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.